Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken, and happy hour is happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. Okay, so that wasn't actually Whiskey's voice. I just thought I could do an impression of it, and it turns out I probably should never do that again. Hopefully he never hears it. It can be our little secret. So Whiskey and I had intended on releasing this episode on Canada Day, but the sun was too nice, the beer was too cold, and the time with our family was just too good to pass up. Uh, It might be considered our Canada Day episode, but we spent more time talking about superheroes, Keanu Reeves, and, you know, me first. You know, usual stuff. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, and I should warn you, we've recorded in a third-party location this time, um, just using my microphone. So the sound quality will be a little echoey and kind of hollow. We were also incredibly tired, but I'll let the episode provide that explanation. That said, uh, we still hope you enjoyed the chat we had. Called? The Last Witch Hunter? Somewhat, uh, fact, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just found out that apparently uh, your whole woodsy wisdom that you said on our last episode, all about once is an anomaly, twice is uh, concerning. Is concerning, third time is what? Worthy of investigation? A problem? It's a problem. <laughs> I thought it was like some real. Solid shit, and I. But it, as it turns out, I'm watching this movie with you, <laughs> and the same fucking line comes up, and you admitted you stole it from this movie. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. It's a Vin Diesel movie. Come on. <laughs> it's a Vin. Did you say Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess this is our official Canada Day podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it that. Too bad we weren't half cut. <laughs> yeah. What are you drinking? <laughs> Big cafe. <laughs> I got a decaf regular from Tim Hortons. So, should I don't know? Should we explain why? First of all, we're not drinking booze at, or should we explain the time at this recording or anything like that? No, leave, nah. leave it a mystery. Leave it a mystery. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways, so we're here. Yeah, we got nothing better to do, so we're gonna record on Canada Day. Yeah, at 12.41 a.m. At 12.41 a.m. Yes, we have no lives. Yeah. We're, we're helping you to friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, as we fill the time. Uh, I don't know, we could just talk about anything. I figure we'll just have the mic on and we could just shoot the shit. And then I can cut and edit or do whatever we need to. <sighs> But yeah. So what'd you get up to? Well, you just got you just had surgery. Let's <laughs> let's explain that one. You're fucking you're a gimp leg. I got one good leg left. You got one good leg left. <laughs> you so, um, so what what did you get surgery for? Uh, I had a uh, growth on one of my tendons in my foot. Ew. And it prevented, because of where it was positioned, it was preventing the metatarsal heads from moving properly. Oh, wow. Is it like a tumor or something? Or? Well, they don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure I'll find out later. But essentially, as my foot, would, as your foot bends and moves, mm. it, this 
growth would lock would lock and squish between the different bones yeah. and pop in and out so it felt like bones were dislocating yeah so that's why you're so weird when you walk <laughs> so when you okay so you went and got this surgery done they removed this growth hopefully yeah so basically what they had to do is they had to open up my foot in order to get access they had to sever the nerve in one of my toes Oh, and then they had to shave the tendon. Ugh. You got a cast on, or what do you got? You got lots of gauze. Lots of gauze? Okay. So I do cry if you hit my foot. <laughs> you were telling me earlier when they put you under, you warned them? <laughs> I warned them. I get, I get violent when I, when I get jostled the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> so they said, no problem, they'll give you, they'll give you the spinal one. Oh, so they give you a spinal tap? Yeah, basically a spinal tap. And it was weird because this little old lady comes up to me. She goes, she's a surgical nurse, and she, she says, just put your weight on me. I'm like, sorry, dear. Like, I'm a quarter ton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a small creature. <laughs> you say something you, about, like, if I wake up, I'm going to get violent. Yeah. <laughs> it will not be pleasant for you. They're like, what do you mean? I will be violent. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was there. Uh, yes. yes, he's on the spectrum. And in denial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I vaguely wake, remember waking up during the surgery and feeling my hands being tied down. My, and my elbows tied down. So, it's quite interesting. So, just for our listeners, um, we're kind of recording in a, in a third location. Um, I don't know how to explain that. Oh, it's a closet. We got away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is how we got out of uh, uh, supervision uh, from our wives. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. We're, we're, so we justified it to our wives. Yeah, exactly. So. So. The funny thing happened today. I was uh, trying to basically tidy up. I'm going up to the cottage up near uh, Quartha's area. Um, not far from Bancroft. And... Uh, we're getting everything ready, and I'm I'm kind of outside, um, putting on sunscreen and all that kind of stuff just to like tidy up outside. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I walk in. I walk into the where we're at, where we're at right now, and whiskey looks at me. He's like, "What the fuck happened to your face?" Because I got like splotchy <laughs> no, sunburn. You guys, you, 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 we should maybe one day post a picture of this picture. You know, Castaways uh, Wilson. With the red handprint on it, that's what his face looks like. Yeah, basically. Yeah. white with red handprint in the middle. That's pretty <laughs> accurate. That's pretty accurate. That's good. I like that. That's good. So what happened was I have like a 17-month-old son, and uh, and so when you're applying sunscreen onto your face or whatever, and your son decides to go downstairs on his own, uh, and your back deck, uh, which are like hardwood. Um, you kind of have to rush to go and make sure he doesn't fall down and you know crack his skull open or anything like that but uh when you go and do those things you forget the last important thing that you were doing like applying sunscreen oh. to your face <laughs> kids are little shits yes they are so my, one, my, my, one track my, mine my daughter you know the kids have their moments and so she's like daddy you're hurt so you can't catch me i'm like <laughs> you think yeah <laughs> this is Dear, it doesn't matter how how, how old you are, his dad will always find a way to get you. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, so she goes, I'm not taking a bath and you can't maybe because you're hurt. So I walked into the bathroom and I threw her in the bathtub with her clothes on. Wow. <laughs> She, she was like, the, she, the big frowny face happens. Yeah. See, daddy's always find a way. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> so. So we got a movie on in the background and I'm kind of watching it. I might actually go back and actually watch it because it looks entertaining. It's called The Last Witch Hunter. It's got Vin Diesel in it. It's got Frodo. I didn't know Michael Caine was in it. <laughs> so I'll definitely watch it. Well, they're trying to get the, the uh, these types of things to relate with. Um, well, they're trying to compete with other things like. Well, relate with the older crowd too by bringing Michael Caine into it. Yeah, he, he was old in the seventies. Yeah, it's true. I, he, it's funny he hasn't really like other than you know the white hair and everything like that. Ever since he made Zulu, like it doesn't seem like he's, he looks great for his age. So it's pretty cool. There was a cool Michael Caine quote I heard uh, not long ago about um, Jaws. When uh, somebody asked, I, I can't remember what Jaws he was in. It was like Jaws 2 or 3 or something like that. And uh, <clears throat> the somebody asked him, he was in an interview, he's like, Did you, have you ever seen Jaws 3? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> it was terrible. He's like, but I know the... I know the... Uh, I know the ship that it was built on, right? So mm. it was, was kind of cool. Like, he was still respectful of the franchise because it it created something. It was like the first blockbuster. Jaws was like the first... Uh, the fir- it was the thing that set off the whole blockbuster movement. Every summer, you'd have all these uh, big blockbuster movies. It was like 19... Is it 1985 or 75? I think it was 75. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, it was... I'm pretty sure it was 1975 because it was like two years before Star Wars came out, which was in 1977. And that's when Spielberg and George Lucas were just annihilating the... Competition? Competition. Yeah. I got all kinds of useless knowledge like that. (laughs) Oh... Canada Day, I was driving down uh, Princess Street there, and uh, a bunch of hooligans were breaking doors and stuff like that. Are you serious? Yeah. What happened? So there were, I guess, some of the banks, those uh, sliding doors, they uh, pushed them open into security boats. So, so I saw security guards trying to reef them back into place. No way. So What time? Like, when? Well, when I got here. Right oh, so late, late tonight. Yeah. Just a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Like, why can't you just respect property and... Oh, man. I don't know. It's, I mean, I always I talk about my foot, and, you know, everybody's always looking for a way of taking advantage of you, and uh, it's important to... At least the security guard was on site, and... Yeah. You know, stuff, but it's um, not cool, man. Not cool. It's really unfortunate. So, I took my uh, my son to uh, A&W. Was it last week? On uh, Thursday night. That's right. You adopted a you adopted a young another boy. Yeah, and a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess his vision isn't very good. But okay. uh, I guess no one really took him to restaurants before, and so he, he, like my daughter knows, wait for someone to lift the heavy doors to get in. Right. He walked right into the glass. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
But well, he walks slow, right? So <laughs> it, it just it just startled him. We didn't it didn't hurt him. <laughs> it was still funny. <laughs> well, I, I like watching kids learn. It's always fun. But yeah, it is. It is fun watching the wheels turn, man. So, but uh, yeah, here we are. Oh, it's what's her name from uh, Game of Thrones? Can't remember. She was the one the wildling. The wildling with Jon Snow. Did she eventually marry Jon Snow? I don't think they married, um, but she did get killed. <laughs> no, no, actually in real life. Oh, are they? Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll look it up for the sake of conversation. Sure, one. Yeah, John Stone marries his wife named Kit Harrington. Cool. Real life. June 23rd, 2018. Speaking of Game of Thrones, <laughs> did you end up watching the uh, the final season there? Of course I did. Man. Do you think I live in a cabin? Well, you kind of do. <laughs> You're out in the bush. Who did you think? Did we already talk about this in the podcast? I can't remember. No, we didn't. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyways, you know, people are complaining about it, but I, I think if you watch the documentaries on it, <clears throat> people are just, um, they're just tired, so they rushed it. You can tell it's rushed. Yeah. And they're going <clears throat> beyond what the, the books had already done and established, so. Well, the books weren't finished. Well, that's the thing. That's exactly what I just said. They went beyond what the books had already established. Yeah. So... It's um, there were the writers were making shit up, and, and you see the um, see the uh, during the doc documentary, like the the actors are just figuring out what what roles were being and how the story and plot was supposed to play out. Yeah. So, um, some one of the characters to go on and do great things, and but yeah. I found with it, like, yeah, you could definitely tell that the writers had some sort of fatigue and they were starting to, what do you want to... <laughs> no, they it was a rush job. Rush jobs usually means mediocrity and, you know, it's um, just how it happens. I see, like, they compress the season as well. Which, yeah, oh, for sure. Which like, but nothing. HBO offered them, like, an ungodly amount of money. To continue the uh, continue the franchise, they offer them like you can have as many seasons as you want because obviously they're thinking about the amount of investment on or return on investment, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fine and all, but it's weird. Like I, I, you know, as an employer, if I was an employer and they're hiring them to do a job, because you know what they're responsible for now, right? They're they they've been hired to uh, uh, do all the writing for Star Wars. So, and well, we know how well Star Wars is going lately, which is amazing, apparently, according to some of my friends. Um, but, uh, I don't know, it's just like, it seems to me, I'm losing my train of thought because I keep getting distracted by the TV. <laughs> it's like you're going to all over again. Yeah, basically. 
it seems to me like um, if you're given a job to do and we're paying you to do it and all of a sudden you decide that you're kind of done with the job before it's actually finished um, it's an indicator that you quit on things before they're complete so why should I trust you with another franchise I don't know I, I think it's a little harsh plus they don't I know the characters little, very well a little harsh too I mean depending on what the contract is I mean we can say you quit early on, but you could say, well, I have another job offer that starts this day. Um, I'm not going to have time to finish this. Sorry. <clears throat> so then get somebody else, I guess. I don't know. Who's more passionate about this? But when you're doing art, art is, art is about continuity, right? And uh, Which they had none. Well, they had like three different directors, I think it was. The, it wasn't the directors, it was the writing staff. Well, directors too. Who do you think overseeing all the directors things. actually did a great job when you look at how it was filmed the how the actors did a great job um, everybody involved with the actual filming of the story was excellent um, cinematography everything was really well done it was the writing like the characters were doing stuff that they, uh, that's not true. There's the characters the, are doing stuff that there's they, the they, walk, dis, they there's Starbucks gate, and they were completely disloyal to their characters, their motivations. No, there were Starbucks or water bottles. You, you know, it's one thing; it's another. Some people kept kept their own, kept it going. I wonder if they did that on purpose. The water bottles to see how we would see. Um, I wonder if it was just like a, a method of sabotage or something like that. Because they were just like, I'm not happy with the writing. and I don't know. I've seen some documentary bits on it. Who knows? I'm just speculating. But it seems to me like uh, they phoned it in when they, you know, I think the fans. Here's, that's, there's an interesting concept. Do fans have proprietary ownership over, if you can call it art? If you own art? Own art? No, 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 no. Like, for example... Um, look at the Star Wars franchise um, and how people were so mad not just at uh, the prequels with George, George Lucas created with the prequels which have actually aged very well I find they're actually quite good um, despite the, all the complaints that they get you know Jar Jar Banks and little, little Annie all that kind of shit okay fine but the recent ones like there was petitions being called like tens of thousands of people calling petitions to have uh, have the uh, executive producer, I think her name's Kathleen Kennedy um, fired and uh, to have Ryan Johnson, like have the movie removed from uh, canon and then they want the movies to be completely redone. The same thing happened another yeah, petition maybe. happened with uh, Game of Thrones. So uh, the question is, is do well, fans have do no no, no I, I think I agree with you the, the it's up to the artist like it's, so no it's, it's, you need to I think there's there's more it's, it's, it's more complicated than just saying um, we've got to redo it to make it better to be loyal to this to loyal to that I think there's more to it than that well first of all you're not gonna remake um, uh, Game of Thrones the last season right away. Like, it doesn't make any business sense. <clears throat> no. People have already watched it. The more people are going to rewatch a new season based on what you've already... It just it doesn't make any it sense. It won't happen. 
same thing with Star Wars franchise. They they relaunched these Star Wars with it with several different names, um, and then to renew them. So I'm gonna look at demographics. So the fastest growing segment of the movie markets those are baby boomers. So that's why we're seeing a lot of older people in acting. Robert Redford is coming up doing more shows. Robert Redford quit acting and came back. He came back for Avengers. So for Endgame, just to do his little cameos. No, he did a spoiler alert. That was fantastic, by the way. He did a few other ones. As did he? Well, yeah. There was like one where he's on a yacht. I can't remember which one that was. Huh. But it was like on Netflix. Um, oh, really? But the point being is that they're trying to bring in the older audience in order. Studies are showing that uh, if you include characters that are around your demographic you're more likely to get draw them in so most young people don't like watching old people on the screen most old people are kind of tired of watching young people on the screen. yeah i hate seeing I, i'm of so, the, i'm of that latter mindset i don't like uh i don't like seeing uh young kids saving the world all the time only they can so, barely dress themselves there's only there's only there's only so many 21 year olds you can see saving the world yeah was it Mike Percy or what's that one? Or he's become Zeus's son or something like that? Oh yeah, Percy Jackson and yeah. <laughs> some, I never watched that. There was movie. like a whole bunch of series of them. And it was like, oh my goodness. Well, I think that was more done to like compete with Harry Potter, which was really d- well done and really well written. But you could see. Well, I think when you had when she had an editor, she was good. After that, <coughs> yeah. Then she became all social justicey. So. Trying to cater to an audience that doesn't know what it wants. Well, again, if you're writing for the teenager, <laughs> it's exactly it. So, I don't know. I think we're gonna find out a lot more about. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if we're gonna get like a renaissance in in writing, because there's some really good stuff out there. But there's been a long time where. You know, there's been some... The only time you get really good writing in movies and film is by, like, one particular visionary. And they attach a name to it. Like a Christopher Nolan. No, um, I, I think there's... Very good at writing. There's lots of different books out there that we just got to... I'm just in. talking in film. In you know film, I don't read no. books. <laughs> <laughs> but there's lots of good books, lots of good books. But each, each new one... Unless they have an established legacy, is is a lot of risk. But I think there's a lot of new uh, mediums too, like audiobooks are on the rise. Oh yeah, that's cool. I don't like how they partition a lot of them nowadays, but um, partition. Yeah, some books are now are done by. So you, normally you you'd see a section in a book, and then, but it, but when you buy it would be a complete book where a lot of audible ones are. Partitioned, so you'd actually have to buy the next book. Oh yeah, I don't like that. So there's no, I mean, there's like a mini conclusion, but not a, a full conclusion. Hmm. So, but and some of them are downright repetitive. But just to sell books. But anyways, I digress. Um, I think I, I think I think what we're seeing is between graphic novels, audio books, basically becoming audio plays. I think once each of these genres build up a certain amount of fandom, that will mitigate risk 
when they start putting into a movie production because right. it's inherently expensive. Right. I think um, kind of like on a greater scale or a more macro, I don't know how to explain it, more macro kind of analysis, you look at... Um, The amount of, it's it's almost like it's a return to the spoken word, right? Like how we used to learn, how we used to learn things was through the spoken word, until you know we in, invented, uh, until we were able to come up with writing. Um, I, I I can't put the right words to the to the thought. I'm trying to think of how to how best to explain that. Um. I don't say wouldn't, wouldn't say it's a resurgence of the written word. I think that it always no. It's a it's a it's a resurgence of the spoken word, not the written word. That's what I think I'm trying to get at. No, I, I think it's it's all it just morphs and changes as we go. Um, like so. just look at look at podcasting as an example. So, Who wants to sit down and listen to, you know, some upwards of three hours worth of content on a podcast? But we're finding more and more that there's a demand for it. Yeah, it's because you can do more than one thing at a time. Like, I, I think it's also the diversity, the production, you're willing to accept production quality is a little bit less because you're not fixated on it. You're trying to glean the, the highlights of what's happening. So maybe go back. Um, a little bit. So, graphic novels that have have, um, have made a research on on the film, Dark Knight, The Avengers, Iron Man. These are graphic novels. Yeah, Spider Man, huh. Superman, uh, Dark Knight Rise, MIB. I'm, I'm just reading the ones that I actually can tell. Ghost in the Shell, hmm. Spider Man, X Men. It's all. It's all. So a lot of comic key ones, but The Road to uh, Perdition. Road to Perdition was so one of my favorite movies. Hellboy. That's a great Sin movie. Sin City. The Crow. Scrap one. Hmm. Um, obviously Thor. Kick-Ass. I mean, <laughs> it's an unusual one. Judge Shred or Dread. Graphic Novel. V for Vendetta. So, The Mask, Tintin. Well, V for Vendetta Wanted. was a graphic novel. Before it was a film. And that's what I'm getting at, is that these things were um, graphic novels before they became large, and so they created a, a fan base before they were there. Yeah. Stories were matured. Yeah. Before well, they, they went were. through a very, like, I think you had, uh, what's his name, Miller? Is it, uh, uh, trying to remember. He's the guy responsible for kind of revamping Batman. Trying to, I'm gonna say his name's like Dan, Dan Miller or Dave Miller. There's something lots like of that. Millers out there. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so he's uh, he's basically respond like he's the one who wrote the uh, 300 graphic novel. Mm -hmm. um, he also did uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. The Dark Knight Rises. Well, the Dark, no, it's called the Dark Knight Returns, mm -hmm. and it's uh, so the Dark Knight Rises, the film. And a lot of what you see in um, The Dark Knight, the film, with uh, Christian Bale, a lot of that, and, and even Batman Begins, a lot of that material is based off of, like, it's like three, three core Batman stories. One is Year One, mm -hmm. um, which I 
think I want to say is Miller again. The second is the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. With uh, it's about it's all about the Joker basically going and uh, uh, I think is it the one where he kills Dick Grayson? I can't remember. It's one I I don't know. Anybody any comic fans out there listening to this podcast are probably gonna murder me. Um, and then there's the Dark Knight Returns, where it's just like Batman's been in retirement for a long time. The uh, there's actually a really good uh, uh, animated movie by Warner Brothers. They did they did an animated movie version about it, mm-hmm. and it's like Superman is so they basically brought in a legislation under the Reagan administration, and all superheroes are banned from being able to do their superhero things. Mm-hmm. So Batman's in retirement. Green Arrow's in retirement. Um, I don't know how Green Arrow lost his arm, but he's he's got one arm. Um, Superman is basically working for the president to um, work against the interests of the Soviets. Um, so there, he's basically fighting like proxy wars, and he's a he's a, a he is the nuclear deterrent for uh, for the Soviets. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, crime starts. Uh, building up again in Gotham under this like gang or cult group called the Mutants, mm-hmm. and so Bruce Wayne, who is just like this chronic alcoholic, at this point, he uh, he sees all this all this shit going on in in Gotham, and he decides to take action and return as Batman. He starts and and he starts he starts killing people like he starts betraying his original code. He ends up. Killing Sorta. Yeah, I guess it shut down. There. That's all right. I gotta go and add the battery here for a second. Oh, in a minute. Um, so like, there's this big showdown um, because what happens is there's like complete anarchy happens in Gotham, mm-hmm. and uh, because of what's going on politically around the world. I can't remember what causes it, but the Soviets launch a nuclear missile against the United States, and Superman goes, uh, intercepts the missile, detonates it out in the atmosphere or whatever, but the electromagnetic pulse still causes the entire, I think it's like the entire eastern seaboard or whatever of the U.S. to shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's no electricity, there's looting, all kinds of shit happening all over uh, the eastern seaboard, and the United States can't like the United States government can't quell it, but Batman basically takes command of Gotham and just like he basically uh, starts marshaling people around. He takes control of the mutant group by killing, not killing their leader, but basically beating the shit out of them, and then becomes the leader of the mutants and uses them as like his like little police force. Oh, henchmen. Yeah, uh, to basically restore order to Gotham, which is hilarious. Um, and then at, uh, once he finishes all that, he ends up restoring order to Gotham and embarrasses the U.S. government. And, uh, Ronald Reagan says, we can't have that. So they send Superman after him to go and it's like, hey, Bruce, you need to simmer down. Uh, you need to stop what it is you're doing, uh, because, uh, it's making us look bad, basically. And, uh, and then Batman does his thing and beats the shit out of Superman and lets him know that he... Made, he's like at the end of the episode, at the end of the series, he's like I want you to know that I was the one man who beat you. <laughs> like, it's pretty good, 
it's pretty cool. And uh, what I can't remember exactly. I think he ends up having a heart attack and dies. Who, Batman? <clears throat> yeah. Jump starts oh, by the way, how he beats uh, Superman is, like, he's got this giant mech suit, and he's just, like, beating the shit out of it. He's got, like, kryptonite laced in his gauntlets and all kinds of shit. Um, but just when Superman thinks he has the upper hand, Green Arrow, who's been there this whole fucking time, somehow launches an arrow with his teeth. He's got the he's got his left hand or whatever uh, holding the bow, and he's got the arrow with a kryptonite end on the tip of the arrow, and he launches it with his teeth. Superman catches the arrow, but it sprays all over in his face and everything like that. And then Superman's just like done. And then uh, and then Batman just like kicks him in the face. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> He's like, I want you to know, I was the one man who beat you. Well, technically there was and two minutes. And then he and then he has a uh, then he has a heart attack and dies. But they find out later that he kind of faked his death. And he just lives underground now. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Lex Luthor uh, is uh, is in it. You find out that uh, Ronald Reagan is actually Lex Luthor in disguise, which is why all this is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's wacky. I went on a long tangent. Sorry. No worries. Do you have any battery power left? Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I gotta plug her in. Yes, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long eight hours. <laughs> yes, yes. Whoa, where to go with that one? <laughs> you don't need to take it anywhere. <laughs> I just got lost in my own nerddom for a second. Yeah. Oh boy. Heroes and fairy tales, right? What's that? Heroes and fairy tales. I like it. I like the. Have you you haven't seen the last Avengers movie yet, have you? No. It's good. You should really go watch it. Wait till you get a second kid. <laughs> I know. No, I get it. I get it. Spider Man comes out tomorrow, and we probably won't be able to watch it for a while. <laughs> no. Looking no. forward to that. No, parenting is it's, it's. I mean, it has to be its own reward, right? I mean, it's it's funny, but uh, I mean, as a parent, you get you got your heroes and villains too, right? Especially when you have two kids. One's usually the hero, one's usually the villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, no, I'm uh, kind of agitated. Sorry. Oh, so you're standing. Yeah. Well, I was. When you have a broken leg, it's standing sucks, sitting sucks, laying sucks. Because you can't get not comfortable in any one spot. You got your crutches. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I like... Did, oh, so, which Marvel movies have you seen recently? Like, you saw Infinity War. Yeah, I saw that one. I think it came on Netflix. Yeah. You didn't... You haven't seen Captain Marvel? No. Okay. If it, if it was shown on an airplane, I probably saw it. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Well, our last date night went with and I went to John Wick. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How was it? I, ne- I haven't seen that one yet. I heard it was like... 
It is full violence. It's just non-stop. It's just constantly going. There's no breaks. No, no breaks at all. Okay. Oh, because my wife hasn't seen any of the other movies, so you didn't see it build. Oh, no. So she's like, oh, I don't get anything about that. She's so confused. <laughs> it's all violence. Yeah. Those movies are pretty cool, though. Man, Keanu Reeves, like, this is like his year. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's apparently in a new video game that's coming out um, called Cyberpunk 2077. Or 2070, yeah, 2077. Um, he was in that John Wick movie. He's doing Bill and Ted. Reboot? Yeah, he's doing a, they're doing a Bill and Ted uh, sequel, which is awesome. I can't wait for that. That's pretty cool. I guess the idea is that... Um, According to an interview with him, Bill and Ted were supposed to save the world. They were supposed to write a song that would save the world, and they just never got around to doing it. Mm. <laughs> and now they're, like, old and shit in their 50s. I think that was supposed to be the premise. It's kind of cool. Well, it's nice that you're, you know, you're well-established enough you can go back and finish the things that you said you would do. Did they say what they would do another one? No, but... That's, pro- that's probably something he's, he's thought of, of doing another one. Maybe. Coming back to comedy. Yeah. It would be cool. Because he, he did a lot of action, some drama, but you haven't really seen him do a lot of... Uh, I mean, I guess he did The Replacements. That was in, like, 2000. Yeah, but I mean, that's, when he, that's before... I think he spent, like, a couple of years learning martial arts really well. Yeah. So... You, sh- you ever see the YouTube videos of him uh, doing the firearms training uh, for John Wick? No. It's impressive. Like, just how fast and how good he got with the weapons handling. That's pretty cool. It was, it was impressive to see. <sighs> I took a nap before our shift. <laughs> You're getting old. No, I'm, uh, yeah. sorry, man, I'm not very tired. It's one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I know. Did you nap at all, or? No, I've been in and out of consciousness for, like, two days. Oh. Uh, so well, if you need damage. to go and take a lay down, that's no problem. I'll just sit here, you know, talk to myself. <laughs> I'll watch movies. No, but I mean that the, this theme of heroes. We talk about it often, but the theme is theme of heroes and and good and bad. And <clears throat> but it, it's it's so nice in movies that you have such most often such a clear delineation between good and bad. Where it's not always so clear in life. No, it's not. But that's why we like having those things. I think there's it's one part. It's an escape. And it's another part, it's good to reinforce your moral compass, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, to remind yourself of what right looks like, what good looks like. If it, Even if it means doing a hard thing in order to be good. Yeah, but I mean, I come across situations like uh, I was on, um, on Baggett Street and there was a, a road rage thing going on and people were getting out of their cars. And yelling at each other, yeah. I I almost 
yelled out uh, that uh, watch it's it's two Canadian mating bulls because <laughs> everybody was just standing and watching yeah but um, people pulling did, out I, their phones and filming it yeah things like that and you, you know that is silly you, you look back and you go what what could you do in those situations either diffuse and or, or what is right and what is wrong obviously someone did something that wasn't predictable yeah stroll another guy um, but uh, I mean sure there, it was a risky situation for whatever it was people are mad oh well yeah but what is good what is bad in this situation um, I think we could all handle things better I think you're right <coughs> so it's it's, it's not always leaping to the situation and yeah. you know, putting people in jail. Thing is, is you don't know what people are, like you don't know what people are going through at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know, like somebody could have, you know, just um, lost a pet, or they are going through a really difficult time with their job, or like you don't know what's going through my people's mindset. You just like, I, and I think people forget that a lot. They're human, and there's people are sitting in their iron chariots. Yes, exactly. And so they think they have all this power, but you know, it's when you, when, if you're at the stage where you're getting out of your car and you're willing to verbally accost someone, you know, the delineation between you going to jail for the day and spending a significant amount of court costs is, is very little, especially in Canada. It takes one strike, and realize you could lose so much. Yeah. Just because you felt like, oh, you were wrong in a traffic situation. I mean, you know, most people say drivers are crap these days. Yes, because, you know, there's a lot of me first going on. Yeah. But. I, I don't understand. And everybody's in such a goddamn hurry all the time. Or you have the other people that are me first and then compared to everybody else should go. when they obviously have the right of way. Yeah, and then basically passing the the problem on to everybody behind them in the column. But uh, where was I going with this? So, like when we see superheroes, like we never look at the cost. Like you know, so Superman was flying around the city and you know putting all these bad people in jail, making that arbitrary decision that people are good, and good and evil. But because simply arresting someone is a in some ways a conviction it's a judgment to call um, and once you are in when, once you enter into this world of uh, court and criminal prosecution it's not a, a quick moving process it's very slow so like when the enemies of right and wrong should be blurred with you know the severity of what's going happening and and I don't envy the job of police because if you have someone that's on the rebound let's say he he does something bad in their past and he's trying to rehabilitate himself but he regr- regresses or no doesn't doesn't have to regress but he's recognizing this the social situation he's found himself in yeah he's probably a low income earner low income earners tend to congregate because the rent in their areas are cheap. And because the areas are cheap, you're having a certain demographic that's there, usually full of problems. Right. And just being associated with that is now how they're going to treat you prejudicially. So then you're trying to fix yourself. Guess what? 
you're now stuck in this column of crap that you're yeah. not able to get yourself out of. It's like a quagmire. So, and doesn't matter what happens. Um, so what, what's your solution to that? Because I think we've had discussions about this before offline about, um, you know, low-income housing and how a lot, you see, I mean, you're seeing it too with like, there's, it's almost as if there's like a system that's designed to keep people, keep some people repressed. There right. is. It happened in Chicago, right? There was, uh, I think there was a police officer or something like that. It happened like in that. Toronto, carding it was happening in Toronto too. Yeah. Like they, uh, they wouldn't allow people, certain people to buy in certain neighborhoods or whatever. Or they actually whether it was based on race or whether it was based off of, I don't know, social status or something like that. Because they wanted to segregate and separ- separate people of different um, backgrounds. You get a bunch of realtors together, they can split what's happening. Yeah? Yeah, why not? That would be fascinating. You don't buy here because you're, you're the wrong color. I'm pretty sure it happened with Jewish people too for the longest time. Yeah. Um, I, f- I heard something about that recently as well. It was interesting to me um, about how you know the idea that what do you call it Jewish people are you know there's that whole conspiracy about Jewish people controlling the banks or anything like that or the typical stereotype of the the Jewish banker or that kind of thing I guess the idea was was I I can't remember exactly where it happened or how it happened but um, the marketplace or I'm, I'm terrible at the, these things. Um, it was seen as a lower uh, form of financial gain or occupation. Yeah, in Europe. Free, the free market yeah, or whatever. In, in Europe, that's what happened. And so they relegated that to Jewish people. And what happens when you give somebody enough time and energy to get good at something, they get good at it. And then they end up, they end up dominating in that field. Well, there's a couple of things that happened, yeah, but, um, was really for, they weren't allowed to be, do any other trades besides administration. That's right. So they specialized in administration, one became banking, and obviously they became good at bank, good bankers, because it became a basic religious profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of their values sort of supported it. Mm-hmm. And they all became scheduled. Well, the Jewish people also have a, a, a some core beliefs about learning, lifelong learning, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. So, you say, well, we, we hate we, people. Don't hate Jews. We don't hate Jews. I don't, I don't we care. don't. No. I don't care. Um, people are, are people. Um, anyways, uh, and and but there's always a bit of have-nots. Are we are we going to complete? We're gonna say that uh, Jewish people have are bankers, therefore they're rich. No, but Jewish people were also in the mob for the longest time. For for when they started establishing themselves in North America, they just decided that once they made enough money, they got out. Um, yeah. Jewish people are in film. There's, I mean, and there's Jewish people everywhere. Like, yeah, it's it's okay. 
It's okay. Oh, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, I just, I I find it fascinating, like, the historical um, narrative, or whatever you want to call it, what, the, the consequences of what happens when these things, you know, when certain policies are put in place, or certain people are put in certain situations, or whatever. Well, they, they're going to have no choice but to thrive. That, I mean, this is that's not... E- no, that's exactly it. It's like it's part of the human condition. So... I think it's I think it's cool. It's, it's fascinating. And it makes you... I think it makes you come to an understanding that it's possible anywhere. And so if we understand that even under adverse conditions, people can thrive, mm-hmm. well, why don't we... Why don't we use that to our advantage more often? And, and as a collective, bring it back to the beginning with our superhero part is the, the, the balance between what is right and what is wrong. Um, is, is, is everybody makes their own right and <coughs> tries to peacefully coexist. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Jewish people, I'm pretty sure when they were forced into administration, they, they may have wanted to do other things, but that was just the situation they were put into. Yeah. So. With that situation, then um, uh, they just made their own right and just accept the wrong and the best and worst of what's happening and, and try to live with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't make it so they can't live. That's just not that fair. But I think we should be free and equitable. And I further think that it, I think it's a balance of uh, like right and wrong. Yeah. Right and wrong is on the continuum continuum of things um my right could be somebody else's wrong so it's 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 about peaceful coexistence if you think about it trying to maximize the opportunity for yourself and future generations yeah but the problem is is like you said there's a lot of um me first shit going on so as a result future generations are suffering because of me first. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that there's a perception that um, perception that things are, are bad. This like People talk in hyperbole all the time. It's like uh, Donald Trump's campaign promise of uh, make America great again. Well, you know what? What time is he talking about? There's always been national challenges all the way along. Yeah. What, are you, what are you trying to make great again? Yeah. What, polio? Want polio to be a problem again? <laughs> I, let's just be realistic here. <laughs> and misinformation on top of it all, it's just, it just makes it worse. Me first? Wow. When, when do you want to talk about me first? Turn off your fucking lights. Because that's a publicly funded uh, endeavor. Communal power. When, stop flushing your toilet. Me first. What? Well, it's a public utility. What are you talking about? Me first. So if you want to go me first all the time, yeah. stop using things that are socially designed, like toilets. Well, I don't know. If Think about it. You're, you're saying it's all or nothing. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying is that you need to... Ex- I get you fired you up. <laughs> you're tired. I'm tired and fired up. <laughs> it's this ridiculous notion that everybody needs to have whatever they want when they want it. Well, screw you. Well, do you do you think that there's a me first thing going on? Like, there's a people are only concerned about themselves and. Well, remember last time we were in the airport. Yeah. 
that was a lot of me first going on, and we're all getting on the same plane. Oh yeah, yeah, all the lineups and people rushing. Yeah, I, I can't stand that. It's it's silly. Like when people stand up. Okay, so that's that's one thing. When you're on an airplane and you've landed, and they're like taxiing into whatever the terminal or whatever, and uh, and people like as soon as that light comes off, it's like this this cacophony of fucking seatbelt unclicks, and then everybody starts standing up and going for their bags. I'm just like, why? You're not going anywhere. And we're in row 35. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Why the fuck are you getting up and moving around? Like, you're you're going to stand up and hold your bag to go nowhere. Because you have to wait for them to let you off the plane in the first place. And we can't do this in, like, an orderly fashion. Like, how fucking important is your life? Oh, my God. Ride's waiting. It's like, so the fuck what? They're going to wait. You'll get there when you get there. If they, if they pay this much for parking, they're not leaving without you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if they do leave without you, then they weren't your friend in the first place. <laughs> or your mother. <laughs> for, for everything else, there's Uber. For everything else, there's Uber, yeah. Right. Oh, we man. talked about Uber before. Could we best avoid that conversation? <laughs> so. Uh, and the, the me first. I mean. I'm all for understanding that, you know, everybody has a role to play. Everybody's life's important. But you need to understand the community is important, too. If you fail to understand the community is important, can you really understand what's right and wrong? Yeah. How, how do you... Because you, cause it's, it's like when you're a person with no kids casting judgment on a stressed-up mother in, in a grocery store where their kids are running around being crazy. I mean, chances are you'd be like, oh, that, that woman needs to discipline her kids more. And, and Poe was more right and wrong on that family. But, but you don't know what's going on there. But you don't know what's going on. But yeah. maybe she needs to get through that one grocery session. Yeah. Just to make sure that she's got enough food for the kids that week. Yeah. And, sure, and, and, and the only time slot she had was during nap time. And that's what's going on. Maybe, yeah. So maybe we could wrap this one up here and saying the definition of right and wrong on a continuum of acceptability is, is never is never black and white. And before you cast judgment, understand what the, what the society needs and what that person needs in order to thrive. Sure. Cool. I'll go with that. Anyways, I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rocks. See you next week. Happy Canada Day. <laughs> hey, everybody. Rocks here. I just want to take another moment of your time and shamelessly ask that you like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of whiskey and rocks. We're currently on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. We're now on Spotify and we're continuously looking for more ways to expand. As well, you can help us out even more if you write us a review on Facebook, tell your friends, and even get involved in the conversation. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for more 320 Club.